happy Monday, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, as always. Steve Peters has a bonus day off, I guess. Nice. But we're very lucky because we have two fill-ins for him today. <laughs> it's Jesse Montano and Megan Angley from DNBR Avalanche. Welcome to the show, and more importantly, welcome to Phoenix. You guys finally made it. <laughs> it was quite the journey this morning, but we made it. It was well. Actually, it wasn't even quite a journey. It was just a lot of sitting in the airport, waiting <laughs> Something around. Something Craig and I know very well. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You guys, you guys in Betsy, <laughs> yeah. huh? Yeah. 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 Our draft day experience was something. Yeah. See. Yeah. So ours wasn't quite that bad, eh, Megan? But it was uh, <laughs> wasn't fun. It's a rite of passage. I feel like to yeah. join our show. Absolutely. To have... I'm just glad we made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just happy delays. to be here. Just yeah. Happy to be just sorry, Petey's not here. I don't. Uh, he, you know, the, the truth is, he just I'll take it personally. He, he loves right. spending personal. time with his in-laws. So that's what he's doing <laughs> yeah. right now. And, yeah, who doesn't? We'll see him at some point. Yeah, like I said, I'll make sure to take that real personally and think about it for a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> and um, and Craig graciously picked you up from the airport. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, big shout out to Craig for for being the only person that was on time today. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Oh man, but we already have a super chat from Vaguely Sober. Thank you so much, dollar ninety nine super chat with heart DMVR heart. So but, yeah, DMVR OG. Yeah, yeah. Your, yeah, it's so funny when like people from your the other networks. Get yeah, in the we chat, we, so. we hear we hear from Vaguely Sober a lot. So just classics. Th- thanks for thanks for crossing over. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. It. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, well, Jesse, you've been on our show a couple times before. Yep. I think people are pretty familiar with you by now. But Megan, I don't know if a lot of like our viewers know who you are. So can you like just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background? Absolutely. We get going? Yes. I hate answering questions about myself. <laughs> I also understand why it's important for people to have context. But I'm Megan Ingley. I'm not a Colorado native, but I tell people that I am because I lived there since 2005. So I didn't actually first That's watch like hockey until Literally I was in middle school. Year. And it was actually college hockey. I've always loved the developmental pathways in hockey. So it explains why I'm so passionate about the DU hockey program and now why I love covering the Colorado Eagles and the American League as a filter into the NHL. But my background was I went to DU, studied journalism. I knew I wanted to work in hockey the minute I laid eyes on it in middle school, though. So I've been finding my way to hockey ever since then. I worked in the industry loosely, but not doing journalism up until a year ago. So I'm new to the journalism side of the industry, not new to hockey, really happy to be here. Couldn't have joined the Avalanche beat at a better time. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, we're really happy to have you guys. And since you've been here more than five minutes, now I can give you hell, Megan, for, <laughs> for the way you travel today. Uh, yeah, I, as they mentioned, I did pick them up at the airport, but there was a slight delay, you know. <laughs> Jesse and Megan are going to be here for two whole days, yeah. so um, I didn't realize that there was a moving truck coming to the airport as well <laughs> to pick up Megan's belongings and bring them to her hotel suite yeah. because Megan checked bags today right. for a two-day bags. trip. Bags! Bag? No, just a bag. It's just, just one whoa, bag. Whoa. I saw it. It's in my car. If we want to exaggerate, Easy. though, if we want to embellish, we can say bags. Yeah, yeah. multiple bags. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that was actually why the flight was late. They were having to move her bag from the terminal. <laughs> right. The original yeah, plane, right? the yep, that was... wasn't big enough. So right, right, right. Yeah. It was nice of your valet to come down to the studio and sit and watch the show, though. So. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, yeah, no, that was what it was. It was getting Megan's bag from the terminal onto the plane is what caused the multi-hour delay. <laughs> so. Wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> is there a greater feeling of helplessness than being in an airport just like waiting, hoping <laughs> no, there's horrible. nothing well, you can do? So at one part, we, or at one point, so our, our problem was I, our pilot had hit, had hit his uh, hour limit uh... for the day. So that was the initial <laughs> it, problem. So they were like, what oh, about we're... your hour limit? Right. right, right. <laughs> well, and, so we're getting off the plane. They're like, oh, don't go too far. We hope we'll have another pilot here soon. And I was like, you hope you're going to have another pilot here soon. And then it looked like one had arrived to save the day. And they come on the intercom like, oh, that's not our pilot. Psych. Uh, he's still coming. They, he has a two hour window to get here. Uh, like he'll be here at some point. And yeah, we're just listening to every flight around us get canceled. Just waiting. Just waiting. Yeah. But um, the pilot did show up. They got us back on the plane. And th- the worst part about it is it's an hour and 20 minute flight. We right. sat in the airport for three and a half hours for an hour and 20 minute flight. Like it's just, that's, that's the biggest kick in the pants. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you guys get stuck for Uh, the draft? Well, we flew through Denver 
Yep. Had a, quite a landing in Denver, if you remember <laughs> oh that. Oh, my God. And, the one and, and puked. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. That was on the way to the draft in Montreal last summer. <laughs> and then we, we took off from Denver, and hour into the flight, maybe, we dropped to 10,000 feet. Dramatically. Uh, yeah, they, and they got on the PA and really said, we had to drop to 10,000 feet because we lost cabin pressure. Nobody panic. <laughs> Did they drop the masks? No. Nope, the masks oh, didn't come down. No. We're all wondering why not. Because, you know, <laughs> we lost cabin pressure. And then we're flying and we're like, oh, they're like, oh, flying this low, we can't make it all the way to Montreal. So we stopped in Minneapolis. They kicked us off the plane, told us they would help us. They didn't. And you guys had to stay there overnight, yeah? Yeah, we found our own hotel room. And and that's when we discovered Jared Bednar was on our flight with the Stanley Cup. With the Cup. So, so oh my God, I forgot it. that <laughs> yeah. second detail that yeah. we had the Cup with him. It's yeah, a memorable trip. So I felt either. like if we had the Stanley Cup with us, we were going to be okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting there. I'll get you we're there. We're getting there. And yeah, we will probably. not crash and burn. Was Jared Bednar and the Stanley Cup, were they on their own for finding a room that night as well? I doubt it. I'm sure they had <laughs> He had handlers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much like Megan's I always language. forget the guy with the incredible white hair, but he Phil wasn't Pritchard. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, another he wasn't guy. There. I don't know his name, but he was giving me a lot of shit. It was yeah, pretty funny. I think they, you know, they roll out Pritchard publicly, and then they have like six <laughs> right. guys behind the scenes that you don't recognize. Yeah, right. He like, yeah. the cup guy played, uh, played a prank on me because I had posted a picture on Twitter of the Stanley Cup and he comes up to me at the gate and he was like, are you the one who tweeted that photo? Like, you can't do that. I'm going to get in trouble. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He was like, ah, I'm just kidding. Oh Dang, that's a good one too. Because that's, yeah, like doing what we do, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah. I'll wow. delete my whole account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll quit my job. Did you guys, did you guys talk to Jared a lot? A on that, bit. On that, old that, trip? on that trip we yeah. did, yeah. 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 I mean. Yeah. We we've we're befriended all so many together. people. <laughs> on that flight. It was unreal. He's yeah. uh he's great to chat with. He's yeah. uh very ins- like he every everything he says, whether official interview or not, is like all very insightful. It's all like very deep. Yeah. When you yeah. hear him talk, it's yeah. yeah. He's great. Um, we have another super chat from Victor Miser, 1999. Um, I believe this is supposed to be a sticker you can see on YouTube. For us, we see pair character dancing under a rain of confetti and taking his hat off to say, you are amazing. <laughs> so I just love we, the descriptions of him. We appreciate okay. you, Victor. Thank you, Victor. <laughs> oh, Seriously. my goodness. All right. Well, enough uh, travel talk. You guys are finally here. And the reason you're here is that the Coyotes and Avalanche are playing tomorrow night so we're gonna take a look at that matchup but we kind of want to hear from you guys obviously jesse we chatted with you before the season started kind of looking ahead but maybe the season hasn't gone exactly how we all thought it would so far for colorado so first question for both of you do you feel like there's been any bit of a stanley cup hangover at all i'll i'll go first on this one and, and i'll say no actually the thing that has impressed me the most has been how sharp the few guys that are still left standing <laughs> right. uh, have looked. Uh, I, I thought, Megan, I don't know, you can jump in and disagree with me on this if, if you think. I, I, I've I loved the effort, and I thought their execution, I think their execution on most nights has actually been really sharp. Really, for me, I, I think the biggest reason for the way this season has started, not that the team's ever looking for excuses, but, I mean, they played four games with five of their six top six players missing, like four consecutive games. Uh, I mean, they've just been they've been basically running out the Colorado Eagles. Megan's been very busy to start the year, making sure that we're all up to date on who the F some of these guys are that are coming into the lineup. Uh, But no, I I really don't. I don't I don't think that there's been any letdown from that cup final. Maybe playing so late into the season has added to some of these injuries or been some of the cause of these injuries. Gabe Landeskog, for example, like. We all knew he came back earlier than he should have. Didn't practice, uh, I think, maybe once or twice throughout the playoffs. Other than that, didn't get on the ice except for games. So we knew that he had pushed himself a little bit more, ended up having to have a second surgery to clean things up after last year. So it just, I feel like maybe that would be the only thing that you can point out that would say Stanley Cup hangover. I just think none of some of these guys didn't quite rest, heal up. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Is that basically how you see it? Absolutely. I know Devontae was at the start in media day was talking about how it was a perfect short summer. But I think talking with Newhook early in camp, he was talking about how that also just meant shorter amount of time to train, get back on the ice and get into game form for the start of the regular season. And there are guys, you look at the nature of their injuries where the rehabilitation that was needed didn't get to happen mm-hmm. following the timeline that was needed. That's Val. true of Val. Like, you know that this 
ankle related injury is related to what happened to the playoffs, but was also mm-hmm. slightly different. So I imagine it was aggravated. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, Gabriel Landeskog just wasn't where he wanted to be with his rehabilitation after the knee surgery. And so as a result, all of these injuries, even Darren Helms to a lesser mm-hmm. extent, yeah. is one that required two surgeries. Yeah. And so is it a Stanley Cup hangover? I think it's just a short off season that really pushed their bodies after a rigorous playoff run. That's what amazes me so much about Tampa having one back to back and then Seriously. get to a third cup final. That's yeah. with with what a what wear it and tear it takes. <laughs> and we have something fr- funny here. Yeah. And that first <laughs> cup was a later. It was like yeah. that August bubble yeah. right. playoff too. Well, honestly, that was something that I talked a lot about. Um, you know, very lucky I got to be at. You know, I was there for every playoff game. Uh, you know, DNVR was able to send me wherever. And that was one thing that I talked about with a lot of folks during the final last year was seeing that Tampa team up close. I just gained a different level of appreciation for yeah. them because you watch this Avs team go through that and what it takes and how grueling it is to get there. And obviously they they win, they get over the hump, but just to get to the final, what a what a drag that was for them to do. Then you pull it off, you win. Now you see the start of this season and how, like Megan was saying, maybe some of that rehab didn't go right. And you sit there, you're like, that Tampa team did it twice. Yeah. Got they there did a get third shorter time. seasons for, for various reasons, Absolutely. For, yeah. for COVID reasons. Yep. But, but still, it's it's a grind. The, so the, it's amazing. The mental slog of it was the part for me that was just, yeah. you know, I've joked, Megan's heard this joke like a dozen times now, so I apologize. <laughs> but like, I wasn't playing, wasn't training, wasn't doing the workouts, the meetings. And by the time we got done with the playoffs, the travel, adjust, like I was done. Like I was yeah. tapped We out. talk about that just doing post-game shows, like sitting in these <laughs> seriously. chairs. We're like, we're wiped. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's it's that the season is a grind. And and uh, like you said, for Tampa to do it three years in a row and almost pull it off for a third time, uh, incredibly impressive. We definitely have a different sense of appreciation. Let's dive that. a little deeper into those injuries, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon is obviously one of those because I, th- I think when people look at it, they look man games lost injury. Colorado is mm-hmm. actually not among the leaders in the right. NHL, but their injuries have come to key players. So yeah. maybe you can give us a sense of all who all has been out. Nate McKinnon in particular, what his timeline is. Yep. Either one of you guys. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with Nate and then you can kind of get into what the, the larger picture has been. So um, Nate is the only one that we really haven't gotten a clear. um <sighs> definition i guess of what it is that he's actually dealing with i'm given to believe it's something muscle related kind of in his core Mm. um i've talked to him a couple times uh not necessarily about that but i've seen him kind of you know reach for stuff and things like that and i i don't know i don't think it's rib that everyone was kind of thinking maybe broken rib based on the way he was reacting in the game just stuff that i've seen I, i think it's muscle but uh, as of last week, he's back on the ice. Uh, he was doing some uh, skating with the Avs skills coach, Shauna Laird, uh, who Jared Bednar just gushes about in terms of the difference he's made in getting guys back up to game speed coming back from injury. Uh, so it's good to see Nate going through those reps there. Honestly, um, I was thinking there was a small chance we'd see him tomorrow. I don't think that'll be the case, but I'm really expecting him end of this week or early, early next week at the latest uh Take back in the abs lineup, and that's the biggest one for sure. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Coyotes fans, you cheated us. You and Nate McKinnon at the mullet. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance. There's That'd a be chance. Crazy. Um, that was return to mullet with with the holiday, you know, pause here. We haven't gotten any updates in the last couple of days. We could show up to morning skate tomorrow, and he could be there. He he honestly, he looked fine last week at, when we saw him at practice. He was moving well, moving at full speed, taking shots like normal. I guess I wouldn't be terribly shocked if he was here tomorrow. Um, but just kind of Jared Bednar is a very patient person. He doesn't mind giving guys an extra game or two to make sure that they are really ready. Um, so that's my guess. But with that, I guess Val may be out again now. So maybe they are pushing Nate back a bit. It's hard to say, right? Like he was practicing with Laird in a regular contact jersey, which could mean mm-hmm. nothing. But it is interesting to see because Helm has consistently been in a no-contact jersey, even when he's just skating by himself. So read into that what you will. But hopefully McKinnon is close to return. I know it was probably a week ago that they said he was one to two weeks out. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. depending on how true that timeline is. And they've been really hit or miss. There have been some timelines like with (laughs) Gerard that were completely accurate. And then Mm -hmm. there, I mean, even Arturi Lekkinen's timeline to come back was pretty accurate. So Mm -hmm. there have been some timelines that have been true to form and others that haven't. But running down the list of injuries, the key is obviously Nathan McKinnon, Arturi Lekkinen, another one. 
I know the conversation about two C's on the docket and Evan Rodriguez is a part of that and you lose him for some games. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not having Helm or Landis Cog at all this season is another key injury. And then Val Nachushkin's another one yep. that's right at the top there. He's been in and out. Jeez. Josh Manson, too. Like, looking yeah, I at keep the forgetting decor, about Manson. Yeah. Honestly, he was so when he had his injury, the update we were given was a month out and we were told recently that that was still the timeline. So we mm. don't have reason to believe that's changed. But you look at that decor and it is running heavy on that top pairing mm -hmm. with Taves and Ricard. Well, then the other name that we left out is Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram. Uh, another one who's been out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the Avs are missing two of their top four defensemen. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think we'll see Val tomorrow, who's their newest $8 million uh, or $6 million player. Uh, eight years, $6 million. Uh, his, I think he'll be out again. Uh, yeah, no Landy or Helm at all this year. They've been without, like she said, Lekkanen. Uh Cogliano, Helm, yeah, yeah, all of them just through different stretches. So it's been, it's wow. been brutal. Yeah, <laughs> and even just the prospects and the AHL call-ups <laughs> are getting hurt. Like Bowers went down. Shane Cowell Bowers gets down. hurt two minutes into his NHL Three debut, misses no. four to six weeks. Yeah, Three great shifts. We'll never know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, and not only injuries, but there were a few other holes that you know came in the off season obviously Nazem Kadri being the big yeah. one leaving to go to Calgary um you know there's kind of that that hole in the center position on that second line how have the abs filled that like who's been in that role so far this season I'll let you take this one I mean the I think the attempt was new hook that mm. was kind of what they wanted to run with to start and he has not exactly been put in a position to succeed because of these injuries. He hasn't had consistent line mates. Like mm. just when he was beginning to develop chemistry alongside Nachushkin and Rodriguez, both of those two get hurt <laughs> at different points. And so he hasn't really had consistency there. And so his role and his ability to thrive there has been really tested. And as a result, his utilization has also changed his role, what's being asked of him. He's sort of being moved down the depth chart in a third, fourth line capacity. And for that reason, I don't think he's ready to take the mantle of 2C right now. But when they return to full health, I think they run the Rodriguez, Newhook, and Nachushkin line as planned. And that is a possible option for the future. But I'm not sure we're looking at that right now. I think we're looking at the Evan Rodriguez being mm -hmm. the temporary he's solution because that's sort of how what he was brought in during the offseason to do was to be a flexible player that could move throughout the lineup and play a couple different roles. So I think even seeing Rodriguez fill the role at 2C temporarily is too expectation. But that's why I think we've talked about trade deadline and we yeah. could see this being a team that is targeting someone seriously for the second line center position around March. Do they? Okay, a couple questions on that. Do they wait? Do they use these two months to evaluate and make certain that's the need or have they already decided that's the need? And then secondly, I'm going to throw two names at you. Everybody's talking about Jonathan Taves being a possibility in Colorado. What about Ryan O'Reilly? If the Blues fall out of this, he, yeah. he could be another guy that gets moved. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere Adrian Dater's ears <laughs> just perked up. Yes, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> Uh, no, I said so. Yeah, somewhere Adrian Dater's ears just perked up. That's his guy. He, you know, he talks to us every morning, skate about it. But um, look, so so here's where I'm at. New Hook, I think, was there. If you were to truth serum Joe Sackick preseason, I'd be willing to bet he he'd tell you we were going to trade for a two C at the deadline, no matter what, unless Alex Newhook just like yeah, you know, went bananas. Avalanche fans forget Alex Newhook turned 21 like two weeks before they won the cup. He's a sophomore season for him. He had, uh, I think he was just shy of 40 points last year. Like He's off to a really solid start. It's okay that he's not ready to be a bona fide second line center right, right now today. Yeah, it's a big role. Right. It's a huge role. And especially filling it the way that you had a guy like Nazem Kadri yeah. fill it last year. I, I don't think anyone's expecting Nazem Kadri to do what he did Nazem Kadri couldn't have filled that role. You know what I mean? He couldn't have replaced Nazem Kadri from last year. It was that good of a season. So it's a big role that the Avs were asking Newhook to play. I think the plan all along was kind of like what Megan was alluding to. Okay, can we get him to fit? Uh, he can band-aid it here and there. We brought in Evan Rodriguez to be the more surefire band-aid. Knowing all along, they're adding a top six forward at this deadline. The name that I have heard that they really like is Patrick Kane. He's not a center, so I don't know how much that changes things. <laughs> um, Jonathan Taves, like you said, he's obviously a name. Uh, and then Bo Horvat is another name. I, I don't know if the relationship was soured too much with Ryan O'Reilly. 
wondered about that very thing. Yeah. I, I, and and now you know I Riley I've heard is a, a great dude and he's very you know in touch with who he is and all that stuff. So I don't know maybe he's moved past that and it's water under the bridge. Um, it it was just a weird breakup, and I just don't know if you could ever mm. reunite those two. You know, Riley and the abs, but um, yeah, like I said, I, I think I think the plan was to add a top six forward all along. The reality is you sign Nathan McKinnon to that extension, but it doesn't kick in until next season. You have one last kick at the can at this with Nathan McKinnon making six million dollars a year. And I think they're going to I think Joe Sag and Chris McFarland are going to push all of their chips to the middle one more time. Yeah. See if you can't pull off a back to back and then you deal with what you have to from there. Kane's going to be interesting because there are, as you know, multiple other teams that are linked to him, like the Rangers, like Edmonton. Those are equally interesting places for Patrick Kane to consider playing. For sure. And and the part that's going to be interesting is, and it's kind of what happened to the Abs last year, the Abs were in on Claude Giroux. And they just were never really in the running because Claude Giroux wanted to go to the Florida Panthers. That was what he wanted. The Avs made their offers. I was actually told the Avs had the best offer on the table for Claude Giroux, but he wanted to go to Florida. So that's another layer to all of this. The Avs could offer whatever they want for Patrick Kane. If he wants to go to the Rangers, well, he's going to go to the Rangers. His old running mate, yeah. Right, right, with with Panarin. And and I think there's maybe part of that where the Avs are hoping that they can be on the right side of that this year. If there can be a name that wants to come to Colorado and they can use that to their advantage a bit, but... I think it was always in the plans for them to add a top six forward. Well, we've talked a lot about <laughs> injuries and holes. I know it's been a very <laughs> negative spin, and it's funny because Karen in the chat says that you're saying there's a shot, you know, <laughs> mine with the Coyotes' success at Mullet Arena. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but right now on DraftKings, of course, the Coyotes are underdogs like they have been much of the season, plus 195. Right now, Colorado is minus 230 favorites right now on the money line for tomorrow night. So if you want to bet, anything on that game. You can do so over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, of course. And uh, right now, new customers, if you want to sign up with that promo code PHNX, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, that's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I know you guys literally came here right from the airport, but... (laughs) You got you can't be in Arizona without drinking Four Peaks beer. That's like the thing here. Yeah. You got to try it. It's actually on my list because that was where you guys did the draft show yes. with Rudo, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's on my list. Yes. Yeah. You'll you, be close to it. And you, yeah, yeah, it's, it's literally 5 minute drive from Mullet. Not and... Megan who's on the Four Seasons. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where her bags are being delivered. Yes. Have it curry. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You do have a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so definitely you're, you're going to have to try Four Peaks um and we we actually have an awesome event with them happening next month. It's the inaugural PHNX Tea Party presented by Four Peaks at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. We're renting out the entire driving range. Come hang out with Big Drive Energy. You guys know those guys. Sure Uh, do. The PHNX crew and fellow diehards for a night of golf, food, drinks, contests, prizes, and more. Our PHNX Suns crew will be hosting a watch party for Suns vs. Timberwolves. Four Peaks will be out there providing beer samples and swag. Check the link in the description to reserve your spot right now. And for our diehards, check Discord for your special link where you'll save 20% on this awesome event. All right, let's get into some positives <laughs> for a sec. And uh, we'll start with the surprise in goal. You know, a lot of Coyotes fans yeah. were familiar, of course, with Darcy Kemper last season going over. He obviously departed in the offseason. And, you know, there that was a little bit of a question mark um, yeah. coming into the season. So what can you tell us about the the goaltending position for the Avs this year. I'll say prospects and goalies are Megan's thing that she <laughs> protects with her life. So this is another one that I'm, for my own safety, I'm going to defer. It, it made me laugh a little because I was thinking about JoJo at the start of the season and <sighs> the waiver claim madness. And I was like, that yeah. was also a surprising goal. Yeah. <laughs> their depth goaltending. But yeah. I'm glad that he returned because they were really counting on him being in Loveland and it has come up big. He's doing great in the American League right now. <laughs> but you meant the Avs. So Alexander Georgiev, <laughs> honestly... <laughs> We did Jojo. a goalie. We had a little piece. experience with him here. I know Oof. he's like. I Doesn't drove, seem to have success anywhere but Colorado. I was living out of an Airbnb. <laughs> he was frustrated. <laughs> but Georgiev, the real, 
the yeah. real story here. And yeah. honestly, the goalie sort of tandem, if you want to call it that, and mm-hmm. having two pretty reliable goaltenders, we've described it as like 1A, 1B. Honestly, if you talk to people who liked Georgiev in the New York Rangers fan base, they would have told you that this is actually what they expected to happen for him. And looking at the start in camp when we did a goaltending piece, talking to both Francois and Georgiev, who had begun working with UC Parkla, the goal, goalie coach at that point, this is what they both anticipated. I think Georgiev had every confidence that he was going to have success at the start here. And there have been some lower moments, especially when the team in front of him has been as injured as it has been. But I'm almost not surprised at the success that Alexander Georgiev is seeing in Colorado. Even though it's an injury-depleted team, it's still a pretty good team defensively in front of him. And he's also getting the chance to assume a starting role, and that is so good for a goaltender's confidence. Yeah, it's... um... I actually want to ask you a question real fast about Pavel Francouz. I was told that there were several disappointed GMs when he signed his extension last year. Arizona was one of the teams that I thought would love a crack at a guy like that for like a 1A, 1B. Did you ever? I, I, I'd never heard that they were pursuing him. Okay. They were pursuing other guys. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he, he signed his extension kind of later into the year last year. And just, I had, I, like I said, I was told there were some teams that were looking at him. I just didn't know if. Uh, they may have been. Arizona I may have was one of them. Yeah. What the Avs, I think, kind of learned last year, we talked about this on the preseason show. Darcy Kemper was so much better in the regular season last year than people give him credit for. He was, yes, he, he had a fantastic yeah. regular season. Yep. He gets a stick in the eye in the first round. And despite what he says, despite what the Avs say, you could tell that it was affecting his ability to track you the puck. You will never get that kind of truth out of Darcy Campbell. Right. Ever, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I mean, like, it, it was in the press conference where he's telling us that he's fine, his eyes, like, droop, and he's like, no, I, I can see everything. I'm good. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, it doesn't look like it from here. I can't see the whites of your eyes and your left eye, but all right, I believe you. Um, but look, he, he struggled in the postseason a bit. And the abs were still just outright dominant. Yep. Dominant. And I think what they, the front office understood was we have a strong enough team defensive structure. We need good enough in net. We don't need elite. We don't need Andre Vasilevsky going out there stealing games. We need good enough. And we believe that our team and our system can insulate that, them, insulate them enough that that's what we need. They went out and get Georgiev, who they thought had some upside. Uh, but to Megan's point, Jared Bednar has said, like, look, he, he's been elite to start this season. Oh, he's I agree. stolen and that's games. The thing. And that's such a key, too. Like, hey, you see this in the NHL all the time. Unless you draft a Vasilevsky or a Shesterkin, those guys are rare. Yeah. And, and it's rare to see guys sustain. So do you commit long-term big money to goaltenders? Right. Most mostly history says no, you don't do it, and you can find these guys that are ready to take that next step. It's happened here a few times. <laughs> Many times. Yeah, this exactly. is a goalie factory. This is yeah, like an weird. underrated goalie factory. But, but if you can find that guy like they have, then you're probably okay. And I agree with you. We we talked about this on the show all the time. The Avs don't need elite goaltending. Right, they're, right. they're that good. Yeah. Um, they they need a second line center more than they need <laughs> elite the, goaltending. The, their their commitment to defense, to team defense, the forwards, and then obviously the defensemen. I don't know if I've ever seen a team do it this well. That I mean, the third period, game six in the Stanley Cup final last year, you're holding on to a one-goal lead against the back-to-back champs, and the Avs just locked it down. I think after 13 minutes, the first TV timeout, or the second TV timeout, Tampa had one shot on net in the third period in the game they're trying to get back into. This Avs team, when they're at full health, they can just smother you when they decide that it's it's time to lock the game down. And so I think that's why they've said, cool, you know, we don't need anything crazy. But now you have Francois and Georgiev who are combined, I think, 450K more than what Darcy Kemper is making this year in Washington. Uh, and, and they've had a great start to the season, save for what, three, four games for Georgie? Yeah. yeah small little, a little, small right. little stretch there when the Avs were maybe at their He's top 10 goal saved above expected. That's, yeah. I mean, that, that's a stat I look at. We talk about yeah. it all the time. I know I bang that drum a lot. But <laughs> it's, I mean, listen, the, the basic goaltending stats, goals against average and save percentage, they're team stats. They're terrible stats right. for measuring the goaltender's performance. Time, yeah. But goal saved above expected. Look, the names that he's with, Sorokin, Linus Allmark, Kyrell Vemelka, of course. <laughs> yep, of course. Yep. Connor Hellebuck, Carter Hart, Andre Vasilev. It's all the elite names. Yep. He's right up there with them. So as it turns out, the Avs have gotten elite goaltending. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and it's in my opinion, Sorry. it's it's looked like elite goaltending too. This isn't like, you know, making your rides here. <laughs> uh, you I know, won't stop the whole show. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's not a bunch of you know cupcake shots from outside that he's just gobbling up. Like, no, he's he has stolen multiple yeah. games for this Avalanche team, and it's been uh, at least you know as we approach the halfway point, the experiment's off to a great start. All right, let me ask you this: Is Miko Ranton, and I've I've seen this chatter recently. <laughs> genuine Hart Trophy candidate. What do you guys think? <laughs> Here's what's hard. If you're going by most valuable player, when do we ever do that? <laughs> right, right. Because like I I do think that he has been the most valuable player to their team's success to this point in the season. Now, to your point, Craig, that's not typically how <laughs> the most valuable player award is is awarded. Um. But for man, look, he's got 23 goals. The next close on the team is nine. Miko Rantanen has dragged this team kicking and screaming to wins over the last two weeks when they've been at their most depleted. What I think they went three straight games. He was the only goal scorer. Yeah. Like <laughs> hat trick, to a, a two goal game. game and a one wow. goal game, just like all in yeah. succession. Uh, I, I, I do. I mean, he's, he's using his size in a way he never has. Uh, he, he's taking on a leadership role. Megan and I were just remarking last week. He's assumed the captain role. Tough losses. They they lose four nothing to Boston at home. He sat there and answered every last mm-hmm. question at his stall. Like Love he that. he's taken on the true leadership role of this team, and and he's he's putting up the points to match it. For me, uh, look, Connor McDavid's at thirty goals already. Yeah. I think Miko at least deserves to be in that conversation. Megan, anything think- more? That's what makes it simple to answer is he belongs in the conversation. Long has been in criticism of Miko is consistency. And the fact that he has been able to consistently show up as much as he has is why I think he will remain in that conversation. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's been a great start to uh, start to the season for him. And yes. like I said, if, if you're reading the, what the trophy says, the most valuable player I think that's Miko right now. We could now. do a whole show about like oh, Craig's I could, annoyance. I was going to say, is this like a topic on, of yeah. discussion? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Among many other <laughs> I might issues. get triggered if we keep on yeah, this. Connor McDavid is going to win this award this year because he didn't win it last year. He's Connor McDavid and he's leading the league in scoring. So yeah. it'll be as simple as that. Your boy Tate Thompson will probably be a finalist. Yeah. Want to give you a shout out. I don't know who the third guy that's going to be a finalist is. But my belief <laughs> is that Mika Rantanen won't even be a finalist for I, this award because yep. I know the way voters vote. Yep. So just like yep. Craig thinks there should be a defensive, defensive uh, defenseman. It's literally in the name of the position. Yeah. <laughs> to play defense. But oh, let's give it to the guy. Yeah, that's a points. whole other that's a whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk a little more about <laughs> the matchup tomorrow night. Um, I think last season, which the Coyotes were actually just worth, say it, Leah. Just worth go ahead and last say it. season, but they, they won the season series did, against that. Did Avalanche. they not sweep what, the season series? What Leah really wants to ask is, why do the Coyotes own the Yes, abs? I was trying to be a little nicer about it. <laughs> why does why? How does that happen? So I actually think I talked about this yeah, on the preseason show. Yeah. yeah, but we thought we'd bring it up again. Right. Well, well no, but it's just <laughs> when the 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 sixteen seventeen year forty eight points for the Abs actually think they went like three and one against the Hawks that year or no I'm sorry it wasn't the 48 point year but it was a down year because I remember it was a for whatever reason the yeah. abs were atrocious until they played the Blackhawks and it was like <laughs> Harlem Glo- Globetrotter just like <laughs> so weird and, and it feels like the Coyotes have the abs number right now and also I feel like the Yotes turn out insane goaltending performances anytime they get together with the abs well the coyotes also when they have to save 40 plus shots like Karel Vanelka <laughs> thrives when he has 40 shots against he, like, he said it he he's said it. it yeah like, <laughs> okay so Semyon Semyon Varlamov used to talk about that that he liked seeing 10 plus shots like early in a game like he liked to feel the, the puck he's get out shot a lot so <laughs> they're used to it yeah yeah <laughs> All right. I don't know. Do you have a Do you have an explanation? I, I don't have an explanation. <laughs> I just think it's going to be interesting because the Avs can't finish right now, and it's been really low event hockey as of late. And so, I I think it's going to be tamer than we expect. But I would not expect Arizona to roll over either because of how these teams have matched up in the past. It's yeah. been kind of contentious. They played well at the mullet too, which, by the way, you guys are going to get to see. Cannot so wait. So Cannot first game wait. at the mullet for Colorado. 
minus like 17 players, as you just mentioned. <laughs> what do you guys expect from this game? And what are you expecting yourselves with all that you've heard about it so far? Yeah, I'm curious what you're saying. So yeah. both teams have fun. Yeah. <laughs> hope no one gets hurt. No, honestly, <laughs> I just hope no one gets hurt. And honest, the formula I'm counting on is, okay, you can count on Miko Rantanen doing something, right? At this point, depth is anything that isn't Miko Rantanen. So I'd be happy if someone who isn't Miko Rantanen did something. But I'd really like to see... Myers do something mm-hmm. I'd like to see someone that's young and is looking to remain in the NHL full-time who's also had a little bit of a rough go do something in a road game where they definitely need some help right now offensively college hockey the arena yeah you, I was gonna say that's, you're gonna feel right at home I'm gonna here. feel at home yeah. <laughs> and we could get feral I'll like I'll lose <laughs> track of where I am for a minute <laughs> you'll see all the ASU sign it I mean that, that's all it is it's, it's an ASU experience sign-in. It's yeah. an experience. It really yeah. is. What's like? It, what's kind of the discourse in Denver about it, if any? If people care, Canadians seem to care. Yeah, I was oh, gonna say I, I don't. I don't think care. there's as much. Uh, yeah, salty judgment in Denver <laughs> for the. Uh, you guys are chill. Arizona chill. Arena. I mean, you guys know I. I am pumping the tires of it on Twitter. Any chance I get, I'm really excited for tomorrow. I. I, I think it's gonna be a really like the hockey like nerd in me thinks this is gonna be a really cool experience because. Like the you're you're in the press box, fifteen rows off the ice. You're in this like super intimate, uh, venue for an NHL game. Like I I I can't wait. I everyone is probably all of the DNVR listeners are probably so excited that we're here so they can stop hearing me talk about how cool it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, and I can just go. Yeah, how it was really yeah. fast surface too. Like every NHL player that comes through here says the ice is amazing. The really? boards are amazing. It may be the best ice in the NHL. I've had a, several players no say kidding. so far. Yeah. So, so uh, we were we were uh, talking about it. What's the visiting locker room situation? It's in the annex, just like the uh, so, but the is annex it, is ready now. Okay, yeah. so it's not the temporary setup. No, no that, was, that was only games. for the first four games because before the annex was built. I actually thought that temporary setup. If I was a player and I walked in, there, I'd be like, "This is dope." <laughs> Like big, it's huge. Now, here's the thing: they laid mats over the community ice sheet, so it was cold, and that's that's oh. really that's really the only complaint mm. I heard from players. More of the complaints came from media, <laughs> which was and was what? interesting. And Canadian yeah. hockey fans, yeah, and Canadian hockey fans who are still, by the way, out there saying, "Oh, the the annex is no better. The visiting room is no better," which is hilarious because. I'm going to say this right to the camera. None of you have seen visiting team rooms in the NHL. Yeah. You haven't been in them. And I have. And I can tell you that the annex, the, the visiting room at the annex is better than most visiting rooms in yeah. the NHL. Yeah. I've seen a lot of crappy visiting locker rooms. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll do plenty of video and stuff from there tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really cool. And the other thing too, that like we were talking about at the airport, I think people maybe like over estimate how much like the amenities matter to players and not, I'm sure there are some who like, but like it's a nice, it's a nice clean new facility. You have, like you said, there's some of those visiting rooms. It's not out Glendale. There. Right. Which basically is what Matthew Kachuk said to me. Really? It's, it's so it's a hundred times better just because of the location. Yeah. Cause they get to stay in Scottsdale, but the teams get to stay, you know, in the resorts in South Scottsdale, which is only five miles north of the arena. Right. So they can go out in Old Town Scottsdale. You've got Mill Avenue and all of ASU as well. It's an unbelievable location, and it's five minutes from the airport. Yeah. No, I I, I just, I, I think all the people that are like, imagine being a visiting NHL player and having to go to a college arena. It's like, That's I don't, cool. right, I don't <laughs> think they'll care that much. Yeah. Right. They played in a lot of arenas in their lives. Yeah. I'm sure this is still among the nicer. So exactly, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Well, excited for you guys, and obviously you can follow along with their content um, on DMVR Avalanche on Twitter, and we'll give out your your personal ads at the end of the show. But Ooh. we uh, when when Megan and Jesse arrived today, we gave them the, the full tour of the office, including our beautiful viewing area which yes, you guys were love like, it thrilled about our recliners yes. so nice. jesse charged his phone yeah. in the plug in the chair itself um they're no. they're amazing we got to upgrade our seat game back yeah. in, in and, Denver. and these yeah. seats too are yeah. also from the i got same... jesse a nice pillow yeah, too. i was so gonna say Megan declined because got... it wasn't goose down i'll <laughs> 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 say yeah hearing Dion sanders with the louis over here no i got some i got some lumbar support See? my yeah. feet are comfortably on the ground yeah. i'm not kicking them like i'm a five-year-old on a swing exactly you know, this is great it's like you feel me you know i understand but all this furniture is from our friends at more furniture they hooked us up for our new studio so what a name if you're yeah more for m-o-r m-o-r Ooh, furniture okay. so if you're looking for some 
new furniture this, you know, going into the new year, want to redecorate, check out more furniture. And here's a fun one with the whole shtick with Megan here. Free white glove delivery. <laughs> this is true. This I got to go. <laughs> with a minimum purchase of We are so building a false, false persona of Megan right now. Just yeah, really this is now. Like, I, we, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even meet Megan until an hour ago. <laughs> Completely uh, accurate persona <laughs> of Megan right now. But, but for real, more furniture, you get free That's white glove so delivery with a minimum purchase of $1,999. So check it out. Out and if you want to win yourself some money to put toward that furniture, you can do so with a little daily fantasy action over at Underdog Fantasy, which is so much fun to play. You can do daily fantasy. You can do the pick'em game. Just choose player higher or lowers. Um, I've had a lot of fun doing it. It's super super easy and fun to use. You can play with your friends. You can just do the pick'em game alone. Just so much you can do on there and. We got a great offer for you right now. If you go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up with the promo code PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100, which is a great deal. So you can uh, use Underdog, the money that they gave you to win yourself some more money. So it is a great offer over at Underdog. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. All right. Well, we have a piece of Coyotes news, and then we're going to ask bad something news. related to it. It is it feels bad like news. It pales now it's our turn to talk about to player them injuries. About injuries yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's unfortunate for Coyotes fans who have been really excited about this guy, Matias Michelli. Um, he went down in Friday's game and unfortunately will be out six weeks yeah. with an injury. Lower body, as we're calling yes. it. It looked like knee on knee. Yeah. I don't know the exact extent of the injury, but Bill told me this morning he's out six weeks, so... That's tough because he's second in the NHL in rookie points right now. Yeah. He's just starting to get some recognition. He finally got he himself finally got a, a mugshot at NHL.com after a <laughs> after year Craig in the NHL. After Craig publicly yeah. shamed the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Saw yes. That. yes. And now, you know, it's one of the bright spots of this really difficult season is out for six weeks. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. That, I, I'll take some blame for that because that was the four to six weeks. Like the absolute just painted that on the wall in the media room there for a bit. <laughs> Just assume it's four to six weeks. So that was we probably brought the six week bad it's luck. Like, it's like juju. playing Mad Libs. It's like choose injury timeline, yeah. like upper or lower body. It's like fill in the blanks. Lower body injury, four to six weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're gonna have to recall someone now because yeah. they're down. Liam O'Brien's out as well, week to week. So they're down to ten forwards. Andre Turgy loves running the eleven forward seven D alignment. Mm-hmm. He really likes it actually, but they're one forward shy. So we'll see who they call up. Maybe it's Michael Carcone. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's Laurent Dauphin. Yeah. And McCartney's always an option, so they have some guys down in Tucson. What was his Calder buzz? I mean, was that was it legit? Like, would you would you have nationally? Uh, no, I don't think people would have voted. Well, no, for but him. I, I more just mean like his play, like because I saw yeah. I saw a lot of. He, he's talk. been that good. He's really good with the puck on his stick. The problem for Matias Michelli is he doesn't shoot the puck enough. Oh, okay. he defers so much. He's like Alexander on the team in yeah. shots per game. Which is insane for a guy that's playing top six minutes. Right. He just pat. He's a f- phenomenal passer. Like I said, a great playmaker with a puck on his stick. He just needs to take some of those shots because he scored down in Tucson. He's just deferring. And I think if he had a few more goals, he'd really be in the conversation. Yeah. But now yeah. he's going to fall out of it anyway. Right. Yeah. No. When when uh, 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 Alexander Kerfoot was in Denver, that was his issues. He'd he'd make these fantastic plays in the offensive zone. Get himself into a you know a lane, and then he'd look to make like this one last what would be a really nice pass if it got through you know the three sticks and legs and bodies. Um, so yeah, it sounds like kind of the same thing where it's like you're in the right areas, you just got to make that last correct decision to shoot the puck. Sometimes. Did you guys know much about him, honestly, Matthias Michelli? I'm just curious I what rem- the national buzz is because like. I don't. I don't think there was much. And are like you I said, about, NHL.com didn't even have a mugshot of him. Like, until do you, did you guys week. know about Matthias Michelli? Like, are, are you talking about like coming into the season no, or like no, right before now. right now today? Right now. Yeah. So I, I had, I had literally, I had legitimately seen a few people talk talking on Twitter, like, why isn't this kid getting more Calder buzz? You know, second. And then I saw your tweet about you know second in scoring, and so I had seen some stuff like that cropping up, where it's like, why is no one talking about this kid? He's second in scoring. He's this. He's that. Um, I recognize he played a few games last year, right? Yeah, 23 games. 23 last year. games. I'll say, cause I recognize his name when I first started seeing him, <laughs> uh, pop up this year. So heavy chatter. No, but yeah. I definitely, he, he was on my radar to like, okay, pay attention to him as we go throughout this season. Right now, not for another six weeks. No, no it's, <laughs> it's like a one person race now. Yeah. Calder, so. I don't know. Is he, 
that seems like it may would have been more on your until radar this season yeah. when I was looking at the points producers in Arizona and mm. he was among the leaders, but uh, truthfully not before this season. Mm. Yeah. And it was just like a personal interest in looking at prospect pools throughout the country, <laughs> like just the, the divisions and things like that. So stumbled into it, honestly. See, I remember him from last year because his last name is unique. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were nicknamed Finished him. with an Italian last name. We yeah. were, we were... He is of Italian descent, but not on the side that has the name, which oh, is totally weird to me. So we, we, I'll dive we, into that someday. We nicknamed him Matthias McCalder, or we were before. We yeah, 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 chat. yeah. Yeah, in the chat, but eh, I don't know about that anymore. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, another prospect, I guess, that at one time we've both had and now he has departed this, once this again. Is the, this is the saddest. We talked about this, is the it sa- this morning. We, we talked about this unsolicited in the airport. This is like the saddest topic that we're going to get into. Connor Timmons, a uh, former Colorado Avalanche prospect mm. who is, came over here, of course, in the Darcy Kemper trade. Um, and I know, I, or at least that some of the, like, I think AJ for, was really upset that Connor Timmons was leaving. And then he comes here, had more injury issues with Arizona last year and then again this year. Yeah. And then before he even comes back into the lineup, the Coyotes traded to Toronto. So I'm just curious, like, what your guys' thoughts on the Connor Timmons saga is. So uh, AJ and I were actually the ones who were doing, may have even been BSN still at the time. Uh, the draft shows when the Avs took Connor Timmons and we just both, we thought, we thought he was a first round talent that the Avs, you know, snuck out of the second round. And I was telling Megan in the airport, uh, you know, while we were waiting that first camp of his, he had a great day one, a great day one. And we were like joking, like, ah, is Connor Timmons going to make this team? And then they just kept making cuts and cuts and he kept sticking around and then we had Eric Johnson tell us after a preseason game uh, I think they lost and he pointed to Connor Timmons and he said that was the best player for either team tonight he was the best player on the ice mm. for either team and we it, it went from like a joke to Connor Timmons is going to make this team as a rookie and he just kept showing out showing out he's the last cut after the last preseason game and then the injuries just started piling up and never went away. He comes back in the bubble, played two great rounds for the abs. And I mean, really like Megan and I were talking again, we were talking earlier. We were sitting there saying like the abs found a top four defenseman that is like set and forget now for he, there's Eric Johnson's replacement going forward. And then he just couldn't stay healthy. Couldn't stay healthy. They deal him because there's guys within the Arizona organization that, knew what kind of player he had the potential of being. And what, I, what breaks my heart the most for Connor Tim is these are all like, this isn't like him not being, you know, physically ready. It's not him being fragile. These are like freak injuries that right. are like, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Um. I just, I, I feel so much for Connor Timmons. I think he is a hell of a prospect that if he can stay healthy for more than 15 consecutive minutes, uh, has a really good chance to carve out a nice NHL career for himself. I was really bummed to see him go in the Kemper trade. Yeah, it's um, really interesting here. We never got, we never saw any of that level of Connor Timmons. He, right. Quite frankly, in his whatever it was, like eight games he played here, yeah, I think he was he not is. good. Really? He was not a good player in those eight games, and they didn't know what to do with him when he was coming back from this latest injury. I, this this one I'm, I'm conflicted about because I felt like it, they were afraid if they waved him, he was going to get claimed, and they were right. Yeah. But they could have... Waved a couple other guys. They ended up waving Dyson Mayo anyway. Right. Patrick Nemeth's probably not getting claimed. If you wave him, maybe you don't want to do that to a veteran. But I, I, it was weird that they gave up on a guy, a big right-handed defensive prospect. Because they're still, I mean, they're not unicorns that they once were, but they're still pretty well, rare And the Coyotes guys. don't have a surplus of defensive no. prospects. If you look at their either. system, that's a... Yeah. That's, That's a weakness. Yeah. So, Craig, I think you were the one, maybe it was you, who, who had put out a tweet a little bit before, like a week or so before it happened, and I think you had said that you thought that that was maybe an option for them. And I won't lie, when I read that, exactly what you're saying, I was saying, I was like, why? Yeah. Why would they want to move on from this guy? Like, I get he's had the injury problems, and he really hasn't contributed for you in the last year. But I, I just, I, I really did the the flashes that we saw. You know, we were talking about his WJC performance. He was the top defenseman in, in the WJCs. Uh, I believe that was his D-plus one year. Um, he had some really strong flashes. Jared Bednar loved him. Mm. Uh, 
he he was now again the Avs were dealing with some of the injuries in the bubble uh, as well, so he maybe had an elevated role. He was playing in that second round series against the Dallas Stars in the bubble for the Avs. He was playing legitimate top four minutes and holding his own. Um, I was really really surprised to see the Coyotes move on from him, and I, I have a, a really good buddy uh, who lives in Toronto. He's from Toronto originally, diehard Leafs fan, and I told him I, I said if he can stay on the ice so i think you guys have a guy who has some real potential it's interesting because they they felt he needed to play in the ahl to develop they didn't think he was going to get the minutes he wasn't ready for the minutes and i know look people are looking at eight games in toronto oh my god he's got six assists look what a steal it's eight games slow down as soon as toronto gets healthy connor timms is going to be in back in a six or seven role Mm -hmm. on defense and then he's not going to be playing the minutes can he develop in that situation without playing they may decide, okay, we need to try and send him down to the HL. Will he get claimed again? I don't know what's going to happen right. there. The Coyotes might have been right about what he needed for his for development, sure. but the actual process of it, just they, they couldn't do it because obviously he wasn't waivers exempt. What did we just talk about with Jared Bednar? We talked about it actually uh, last Monday on one of our shows. Jared was talking about how he really has a philosophy that you don't develop players in the NHL. That's what the American League is for, right? And and it's funny because, you know, you we hear, you know, from our listeners, I'm sure you guys hear the same, where it's like, oh, why won't they call up this prospect? He could be so much better than so-and-so. It's like, because that's not, that's not developing. He's got the points. Right, right, right. It's not Uh, only about points, yeah. And and so, you know, especially given all the time off that Timmons has had, I I wouldn't, I'm not surprised at all that Arizona said, (laughs) I just don't know if we can throw him right in like that. Um because, you know, the, the injuries, like, that's a legitimate thing. That takes steps back on your... Right, and people could also say, well, the Coyotes aren't any good. What do they care? But you can hurt a guy's confidence. You can right. hurt the development that way by putting him in situations that he isn't ready to handle yet. Right. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, uh, quite the journey for yes, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, just, I, I completely took over talking about Connor Timmons. Do you guys get know. to know him or his family? Like, his dad's an unbelievable guy. I love talking to his dad. Uh, uh, he a, seems like a nice kid. A little bit his first year. Yeah. But then with the injury, he was just never around. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I was, I was just saying, I don't, was there anything else? Because I know you watched him a bit more, like, the little bit of time he spent with the Eagles. Well, so that's his name still comes up in, when you talk about defensive prospects, which this is also very similar to the Justin Barron conversation. You lose a right-handed defenseman, but the return was Arturi Lekkinen in Barron's case, and the return was Kemper in Timmins case, that you see the ends justify the means. But it's not a loss that isn't felt in the organization whose defensive prospect pool is now so thinned. There's no Drew Hellison, there's no Justin Barron, there's no Connor Timmins. Mm-hmm. They were really counting on some of these players Oh, it's just Sean Barron's yeah. juniors. I'm kidding. But yeah. <laughs> it's not a loss that I think the Avs take lightly. And I think that's why we are able to look so fondly and root for Connor Timmins to have the career that we think he deserves because we know how the organization viewed him. Yeah. And we still see that it's possible, especially because we talked about the position that he plays. It's disruptive for him to have had this much injury to start in his career, but it also, as a defenseman, there's still time for him to develop as a player. I think he's just 24 years old. Mm-hmm. That the timing is absolutely a part of it, um, especially talking about the time spent in the American League. And the Avs have been in a similar position with waivers this season. They just haven't had yeah. anyone so coveted that needs to go through them. There have been a couple close calls, but no one that I think would have immediately been claimed the way that I think Connor Timmins was. And yeah, you just yeah. don't want to lose him for nothing. At least he won't be in the spotlight in Toronto. Sure, right, right, right. Yeah, at least he can kind of take it slow and, you know, whatever. Yeah, my goodness. Well, you mentioned the World Juniors. It's on right now. We literally have it on in the t- on the TV, <laughs> other room. Um, we are paying attention to you guys as well. Just yeah. I promise, I promise. Um, we just watched the Team USA game and Coyote's prospect, uh, Logan Cooley, had an assist in that game on his Minnesota lineman. Line mate Jimmy Snuggerud's goal. Canada is currently down 2 1 to Czechia, but Dylan Gunther already has an assist in that game. Uh, five Coyotes prospects in this tournament Dylan Gunther for Canada, Cooley and Sam Lipkin for USA, Julian Lutz for Germany, and for Slovakia, Adam Zelinka. Zlin- yeah, just Zlinka? like it sounds. Oh, you, I thought you were going to you know, say. How you always pronounce Z and L together. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, <laughs> those common names. <laughs> We've talked um, a lot about, you know, those prospects on our show, but are there any avalanche prospects in this tournament that maybe, you know, a a hockey fan should keep their eye on? This is why the Ryan O'Reilly, 
Riley conversations are interesting is because they're kind of asset poor right now. It's Sean Barons. That's who's in the tournament. It's yeah. really easy to talk about <laughs> Sean Barons. Uh, DU kid, and he's a left-handed defenseman, kind of small, mobile profiles like, I would say, Charlie McAvoy, honest, personally. Hmm. Uh, but obviously a lot of room to grow there, some details in the footwork there. But I think he had a goal and assist in this game and mm -hmm. was named the player of the game from today. So he plays a huge role at DU, quarterbacking their power play and is the top pair defenseman down there. So they won a national championship. Yeah, like, it's a great program. He's, he's got a yeah. lot of good things going for him. And in talking with him, it sounds like he would consider making the move after this sophomore season to the pros. And my opinion would be, like a Connor Timmons, that he should spend some time in the American League. But he's a really exciting prospect. He's so smart. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy to talk about the one prospect, though. This is my... This is the time where I can mention once again that ASU got jobbed. At so I, I was I was going to mention I was going to mention it wasn't call. it really wasn't I, I was going to mention you. it for you if no one did because yeah that was uh, it was bad it was DU's really a good program but that was not a goal oh, it's, a, it's a brutal call <laughs> I could agree with both those things yes. <laughs> yeah. DU's an elite program yes that was not a goal phenomenal program. <laughs> still we still very sad for us um, well we we've we always when we dream about the eventual Tempe Entertainment district in the arena you know if it gets approved we always dream about a world juniors one day being played in <sighs> wow Tempe i would how love that unreal yeah, i'm sure the players would super hate Bowl. yeah here. Right, coming right, here right. it's what well, it was like i think you tweeted the screenshot of the weather app when you landed yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. 74 <laughs> degrees today unbelievable Perfect. so I, I dream of that i really do yeah. and when that happens i'm putting it out there i'm gonna get my tickets on the game time app nice. because where else would you get your tickets for any event? Um, obviously you can catch the abs game tomorrow at mullet arena, grab those tickets on game time. If you wait till the last minute, um, our producer Jacob has been tracking tickets to the ASU U of A basketball game on Saturday and he gets alerts. Like they've now dropped 13% in price hmm. and like all throughout. So he's waiting till the day of the game because that's the best way to save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in our description. And if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you see Craig's wearing his PH Next hoodie, Sorry, I think, but... for the third show in a row, Craig. <laughs> Have Saying you watched it yet? <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> but yeah, you can't call him out for wearing the same thing I over mean, and over. I mean, I can call him out for whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, pretty much can. Uh, but, uh, it's we, all earned. We have yeah, a yeah. ton of great merch in the locker right now, phnxlocker.com. And by the way, check out the DNVR locker as well. Amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, we got some good um, stuff in there. In, the, in there too. So check that out and become a diehard. You can become a diehard of both phnx and of DNVR. You can be and CHGO. Why not? Do the trifecta. Um, becoming a diehard gets you access to premium diehard diehard level content including craig's 80 question mailbag which Oof, took me like 20 what? minutes to read today imagine how long it took me to answer yeah, yeah. 80 yeah. questions for craig's mailbag i saw that i i need to ask you some logistical questions about that once we're done <laughs> like, here like why <laughs> um, would you do that <laughs> More but, just, yeah yeah oh, sorry keep going. but you also get a free shirt or hat every year um when you sign up and every year after and 20% off merch and events, including that event I told you about earlier, the PHNX Tea Party. So become a diehard today. Check gophnx.com slash diehard to join the family. Well, you guys, this has been so much fun. I know. I feel like we could just keep talking for another know. hour. I looked at the clock and so I was like, oh, we're talk probably about. almost done. Yeah, I that's sad. That. I'm so, so excited for tomorrow, you guys. <laughs> yeah. any, like, any just yeah, final, it's a fun experience. final really thoughts is. on the matchup, about mullet, about being in Arizona, any of it. I'll give you guys the four. Final well, thoughts. You go first. <laughs> I just have so yeah. much to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go first while you organize all those thoughts. Uh, no, all all jokes aside, and all stuff. Like, very happy to be here. Thank you guys for for working with us today. I know we, uh, you know, not necessarily our fault, but we we definitely disrupted your guys' schedule today. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Beautiful offices here. We were both uh, saying all morning how excited we were to get down here and see it. So thank you guys for having us. And I'm just looking forward to getting over to the arena tomorrow, being able to take a look around and just see what it looks like in person and, and all of that. And I'm also just, uh, I'm anxious. We'll have updates for everyone in terms of injuries, who's here, who's not all that good stuff. Cause 
Last we heard, Val Nachushkin <laughs> might be hurt. Nate might be back. We don't know. We've been off for three days. We're not sure. So. Megan Sweet's ready, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. We got to go. We got to go. <laughs> if Nathan McKinnon isn't back to throw a helmet at anybody, I will assume. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a classic moment. I'm sorry. I don't endorse that behavior, by the way. That <laughs> isn't good. I, I endorse it. We shouldn't be throwing helmets at people. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, everybody, we appreciate you watching. To the DNVR people in our chat, we appreciate you. Uh, you can, If you're interested in any Arizona sports coverage, you can subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel and vice versa for our Phoenix listeners. Check out DNVR Sports on Twitter and all of the various social media as well. And then you can follow each of us on Twitter. I'm going to let you guys say your at, Megan. What's your at? At Meg Angley. Spell it because it... M-E-G-A-N-G-L-E-Y. Because depending on how you split it up, it's either... Yeah, it's Megan yeah. Lay. Yeah, yeah, Megan Lay or <laughs> Meg Angley. Okay, uh, and then mine's uh, at Jesse Montano underscore. Love it, and as always, you can follow me at Leah Merrill, Craig at Craig X Morgan, PD is at S Peter Saki, Sean at Sean underscore Depause, and you can follow our show on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes, and follow DNVR Avalanche as well while you're at it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be live tomorrow for a post game show for this very game that we have talked about today. Coyotes versus Avalanche, but until then, everybody enjoy the rest of your evening.